Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people. On the Talk of Muncie, WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz. Getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Good, good morning, everybody. WMUN, the talk of Muncie and all kinds of people. And I'm under pressure this morning because with me in the studio, the CEO, the owner, the chief executive officer of Woof Boom Radio. So I really have to do this well. Jay Chapman. Welcome to Dr. Joe. It's good to be here. Your studio. <laughs> How does it feel to be back in front of the mic where way back, okay, not way back when, but back in the days of announcing sports and doing play-by-play? This is one of the harder things to do because back in the day, uh, and uh, if, if you think of uh, ENTJs and such, I'm on the other side of the mic. Now, granted, I've got the mic, but you're in the driver's seat. So this is, you know, (laughs) you can't necessarily steer where I'm sitting. I'm not sure I've ever had the owner of the stations tell me I'm in the driver's seat of their stations, but that's quite cool. Thank you. I'll I'll run with that one. Thanks. But so uh, let's go back just a little bit, back to those days of announcing and doing sports in school. Did did that really trigger what you felt was going to be a passion and a a career path in radio? No. So, you know, uh, uh, everybody at some point in their life starts trying to, to say, okay, here's here's where I need to figure out where I'm going. And I'd been around broadcasting. I'm a second-generation broadcaster, so I grew up in the business, and I always thought it was neat. But when I went off to school, I picked a school for different reasons. I sp- picked a school because it gave me the chance to keep doing athletics, which was really important to me. Okay. And, and, you know, and then I had a certain path. I said, okay, well, I'm going to do business. Well, it wasn't uh, until I had a chance to start doing some play-by-play on a lark um, for a radio station that was close to Hanover College. It was in the community in Madison um, that I started doing it. And so it wasn't anything that I woke up early in my life and said, I want to do this. I always had been around it, and I thought it was cool. And that's really what brought me back to it. Okay, and at Hanover, by the way, let's let's back up to that sports thing because you played football mm-hmm. and position. Give me a little background. So, so uh, I when I went there freshman year, uh, I was number six on the depth chart. That means that there were five offensive centers that were ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> we're talking about a small <laughs> NIA Division two school, and yeah. so. Uh, for whatever reason, they moved me over to left tackle. Well, left tackles, uh, uh, at, even at a small school then, had like 40 and 50 pounds on me. But, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, you know, some uh, opportunities presented themselves. So by my sophomore year, I was, I was starting. Um, and then, uh, like a lot of things in life, I was enjoying it. But 
it wasn't the end-all, be-all. And so after starting for a year, uh, having the chance to go to the playoffs, I thought, I want to do something else. And then, you know, after I decided that, I was pursuing broadcasting at that point. I thought, why did I pick this? Because I still liked that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what got me there, and I'm uh, forever thankful of it. And I made some great relationships that I carry with me in my life today. And you were jocking a show right. in Kentucky. At that right, time uh, as well. uh, Carrollton, Kentucky, uh, W-I-K-Y, or W-I-K-I, excuse me, K-Y okay. is in Evansville. But uh, uh, it was a cement block building in the middle of a cow pasture, and I would drive up on Sunday afternoons um, uh, to the studio, and I had a seven-hour board ah, shift. Ah, the good old weekend board yes. shift, <laughs> yes. And and uh, so so... Uh, what I enjoyed about that, it gave me a chance to make mistakes being on the air. And they said, if you want to be on the air, you need to take an account list and you can call on the businesses that are on the hill in Madison. Well, on the hill was the this, what they had at that point, strip centers, and those people advertised. And so uh, I walked into a situation where people wanted to advertise, and I didn't have to be very good at it because they needed the advertising. So I had some success with it. The start of another career on the side. Thank you. I I mean, I spent years in Moorhead, Kentucky, and I, I was quite fascinated by the fact that you went on to do reporting and anchoring in sports, both in Indianapolis, but also Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. My yeah. family's from Scranton. I didn't realize Thank that. Thank you. Yeah. So um, what was that like back in the days over in the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. So, so that was the 48th largest television market. So it was the top 50 market. I go out there. The station at that time was still shooting film. They had ENG videotape, um, but it was old school. And it was run by an old school news director, but it was a great place for somebody who was 24 years old. Um, they were purchased by a private equity firm. And so chaos started ensuing, like that happens anytime. <laughs> and so they made management changes. Uh, new management didn't like the guy who was who really good, um, was a Monday through Friday sports anchor. So they bumped this kid up who had no experience, which was me. So I'm anchoring in a top 50 market, and I'd had maybe six months in television. I wasn't ready for it. Um, and so they, you know, after about five or six months, they bumped me back to weekends. But it was a great experience, not so much from the TV side, but the people and the relationships that I met along the way. Um, I learned uh, how to be effective uh, uh, with working with people when I'd never uh, really had any kind of relationships. I was out on my own, and I had to build relationships and figure out how to be successful and, you know, how to earn people's trust. And so, From that standpoint, I am so thankful today, Uh, and I think Scranton's a wonderful place. If that's where your family's from, you know the hardships that have been there. Second highest uh, alcoholism rate was Luzerne County uh, of any other county in the United States, but the people there were wonderful. They'd gone through hardship, and you really learn a lot about people when they've gone through hardship. Yeah, I've had very good memories of Scranton and music was the other part just down from Scranton, where my family was from. Nutty so. Coke. Yeah, exactly. I know, exactly. By the way, back to Hanover, you and Woody Harrelson, were, did a little connection there to Woody oh, Harrelson? Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll tell everybody, yeah. Not only, just the stories that you can tell, if you well, don't mind. Thank th- you. There's, there's not a lot, uh, and I'll <laughs> tell you why with Woody, because um, uh, Woody and I were not only in the same fraternity, but we were pledge brothers. But 
uh, we weren't really connected. Now, physically, we were very close, um, and his room was right above mine. We had a cold air dorm, um, but, uh, you know, I was up late because I had a very social room. Woody actually was not that social, you know, much, you know, he's been a big proponent of cannabis and all of those kind of things, but he was living the straight and narrow when he was at Hanover. The only thing was he had uh, exchange students in there, and he always had three or four of them, and they were all working on homework together. And Woody may not have been the strongest academic guy, so I think the other people were helping him. <laughs> we're with uh, Jay Chapman, everybody the president and the owner and chief executive officer of Woof Boom Radio. I, I am kind of curious, Jay, what, what kick-started that move with Emmis in particular into the whole sales side of things as opposed to saying goodbye to the on-air work? So at that point in time, uh, 1988, uh, I, was, I had a choice in front of me. Uh, uh, I had a chance to do Monday through Friday uh, in South Bend for WSBT. We had Notre Dame basketball that we did live play-by-play. Uh, we covered the football team. It, it was a really good sports so job. So good opportunities. Um, so I could have I moved into that. I, I was doing weekends at the time, or I had a chance at a weekend job in Kansas City doing sports, which you know had an NFL franchise and a baseball franchise. Um, the other thing was uh, I could go to Indianapolis for a sales position. I was interviewing uh, with Emmis and another group, Sconics, down there at the time. And uh, so I'm trying to pick out the right career path. I was getting married. Um, and I said, okay, I've got to make a decision. It's not, not about growing up at that point, but uh, do I see myself being good enough uh, to go through various things uh, and move around the country? Or, um, and meaning the on-air side, or do, is there another passion that I haven't figured out? And that's what put me on the business side and the sales side. And so that's when you and Mary Claire initially settled into the Indianapolis area. That's right. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to pick up with that Emma's thing in, back in 88 um, and uh, see how things move forward with Jay Chapman. I'm Dr. Joe. We'll be back after this break. On radio every week and podcast on demand, soundcloud.com slash WMUN radio. Back to Dr. Joe. Hey, hey everybody. Welcome back. I'm under pressure, as I said uh, earlier, because I've got the president, the owner, the chief executive officer of Woof Boom in the studio. So I want to make sure this goes very well, of course. Jay, Jay, we left off with Emmis. Uh, you joined the Emmis Group and then moved on to Illinois with the Maverick Media Group. Um, talk a little bit about the fact that in broadcasting, one's life doesn't always remain stable in one location, mm -hmm. and there's a need to sometimes make those moves to obviously build career path. So, yeah, you know, like a lot of industries, sometimes you need to move around, and I did that to a degree. What I'm really thankful for today is, you know, we're all presented opportunities in life uh, to be around people that can uh, uh, really catapult us, whether it's directly or indirectly, and the people at Emmis were that way. Um, I worked with so many great people um, that either took me under their wing 
um, that exposed me to things, you know, uh, uh, that I never would have learned. Um, and I worked in a culture that lifted up people, um, that was about seeing what people are capable of doing and then finding ways to encourage and challenge them to do it. I, I am much better today for that experience, whether it's as an owner, a manager, or somebody moving through life, either professionally or personally, um, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. Um, it's funny, uh, uh, that one job at MS in a sales role, uh, I still work with people today, uh, and I still use things that I learned in the first two and three years out of that opportunity. The next job that I took, it was the uh, first person that Jeff Smullyan had hired as a salesperson, Gary Rosnick, that hired me at Maverick. And so, it, you know, little things, if, if we're aware of them in life, they open doors um, and they mean a lot to us. And uh, I wasn't aware of anything in 1988, but, you know, uh, I was uh, hopefully savvy enough later in life that I looked at those things that had been given to me and was able to make use of them. And, it, and, and it's not just political. I don't, you know, somebody could hear that and think it's political. It's not political. It's about being taking advantage of the gifts that others give you. As you know, both of us were involved in Indiana Broadcasters, and so the whole Smullyan thing at Emmis and Severino and mm -hmm. other people there, mm -hmm. they set the stage for what I think you have done with the stations that you own. I know you are a credible believer in value-based organizations. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be interesting for our listeners to hear your perception of value-based organizations, because I, I think you carried some of that from the Amos organization and deploy it now on a regular basis. So, so uh, Jeff uh, uh, Smolian, years, years ago, uh, didn't have what they called the Amos Ten Commandments, but somebody said, you need to have like a code how you operate. So literally the night before he had a meeting with some of the managers, you know, he just wrote things down on a piece of paper, and some of them were fun and some of them were serious, uh, and, and that's something the organization embraced, you know, for almost 25 years after he had written those. I was in complete chaos in northern Illinois. The organization was falling apart around me. I was not being a good leader. And I had a friend who uh, we still use in our business today as a consultant, Chris Duncan, said, your issue is people don't know what you stand for. And so, fair enough, um, she, she, you know, she, she asked me a couple of questions and that's all she did. And I walked away from that and we wrote down, not we, excuse me, I wrote down three things that were important and all three of those things, speak the truth, do your best, do what you say you will do, are three of the four values that we have today at Wolfboom. But those three are based on building trust among people and because if you don't have trust on the inside, how on earth are you going to take care of somebody's business or make a difference in the community on the outside? You can't do it. And so uh, I am so thankful. Again, that goes back to those experiences. People early in my life uh, showed the right way to build a value-based organization. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that whole value-based organization is a very key principle for a variety of companies that should follow that, mm -hmm. and I think you've been doing that quite well at Wolfboom. So when you're not plugged into the different stations <laughs> in various locations, Mary Claire and you have three children. 
you ever get a chance to get away and <laughs> do some stuff besides riding in a car someplace so, and still doing so, business? You know, here's here's what's so <laughs> screwy. All three of them live away. One in Seattle, one outside of Denver, and the other up in Chicago. So you think, okay, uh, we're not going to soccer games anymore, but we have no time because we're always running. We're but that's life. That's life. But uh, uh, no, we're still uh, active and involved and have great, not great, we've got meaningful relationships with each one of the three kids. And uh, uh, our youngest daughter said, hey, I'm moving uh, from Colorado Springs up to Tacoma. Will you come out and help me? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we did, and and that, you know that that's a two and a half hour, uh, two and a half day car drive through through the uh, Rockies and everything else in January. But you know what? We had a blast doing it, and I'm thankful that uh, we have relationships that our kids will say, "Hey, can we do this?" And you know, those are the kind of relationships that I. I'm thankful for with not just my family, but the people that uh, I've been able to work with here in the recent years and over the years. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a light side to you, by the way, that sometimes people aren't aware of, but a friend <coughs> that I know talked about you one time going to a movie theater and letting some lightning bugs out in the movie <laughs> theater. And, uh, not that we should bring that up on the air during the show. But. I don't remember what the movie was, yeah, well, but I remember sure sitting, don't sitting in a Hamilton County movie theater when yes. we were like 15 mm. and 16 years old. And seeing, uh-huh. and we, we picked a movie that was a little kid's movie because we thought it would distract the most amount of people possible. Yeah. So Maximum Impact, and they're all pointing, look, Mom, it's like we're outside and the whole place is buzzing. <laughs> well, then I have to kind of bring that in because I, I, I think there is this other side that's quite fascinating with you. But, you know, um, we both spent time with the Indiana Broadcasters. You served as president um, of the board. And I, I guess I, I'm always curious to know why somebody like yourself that is really juggling a lot of employees and stations – 